brethren of Genesis. And I'm, I'm going to read uh, from verse 1 all the way to 9 first, and then we'll go over all the genealogy afterward. It says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for martyr. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Verse 5 But the Lord came down to the sea, the city, and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Verse 8, So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. In verse 9, Therefore its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them all abroad over the face of the whole earth uh, just break it down we're going to go through uh, just how these men uh, come against God and, and, and try to bring their own plans and then secondly God intervening in that and then thirdly God's plan will still continue his promise will still continue no matter what man have uh, tried to do in verse 1 it says now the whole earth had one language and one speech And here he's talking about the whole earth, uh, just like in the flood when it says the, whole, the water covered the whole face of the earth in Genesis 8, 9. And though at this point they weren't all over the place, they were in a certain area. But he's just considering, just in case there's people out there, mystics or whatever, <laughs> trying to say there's one person probably in another country or at that time or something. You know, people try to add on. It says they had one language. And the language, you know, is a system of communicating ideals and feelings. And one speech, the spoken communication. Here most people believe uh, Hebrew is believed to be the spoken language. For one, the names, a lot of the names are in Hebrew there. If you translate them over, they're in Hebrew. Um, so they had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar which you could say Babylon. Um, Babylon is situated on the banks of the Euphrates River. And that's just where they settled that. And it says that they dwelt there. Verse 3, Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for a stone, and they had asphalt for martyr. Uh, when I think about that, I just right away comes to... Uh, thinking about Egypt, how they forced them into hard labor, making these bricks for them and all that. Um, I know I haven't too much of a builder in, in bricks and all that, but uh, you know, that was way back in the times this stuff came about. Uh, they had the bricks and all that instead of making, uh, like some places, 
have adobes or clay houses like Indians and all that. Um, pretty advanced for being new people or beginning of, of the nation here or the world. Um, in Genesis 10.9, you guys probably want that with Ernie. It says, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Speaking of Nimrod, therefore it said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. Uh, so Nimrod is the one who started this up. And no doubt, uh, as we know, all it takes is one person to lead many astray. It doesn't take too many. Um, this reminds me of David, how the people wanted a king. They always want someone there, you know. And it was just sinful man, I guess. But uh, Nimrod is the one... Uh, they started to build this, and he probably had the people build it. He didn't build it himself. Um, some say he, it should say a mighty tyrant or harsh, arbitrary ruler in the face of the Lord. Because I always thought, you know, as I studied deeper into it, it wasn't like, you know, he's before the Lord, a mighty hunter, and, you know, it sounded all good, but it's not the case as we're going to go on to see here because it just shows that he's going to come against God and what God's plan was. Um, that hunter part, uh, he was a mighty hunter, you know, in those days they had the wild animals around and all that, but he was also a hunter of men's souls, just like you see today, uh, it's just not speakers up there speaking lies, but it's Satan behind there trying to deceive men and women, uh, to take them down to hell, you know, it's like, I'm sure you had friends, I had friends, they would want us to do bad things, you know, take us along with them, you know. You didn't want to go by yourself. Come on, you know. And the same thing, you know, nothing is new under the sun as we go on through these chapters here. He became the leader of the apostasy, the great apostasy. Um, it's Ham's grandson. If you guys remember Ham, Shem's brother was one the one seen his father uh, naked. He walked in and, you know, he cursed him. And the other brothers walked behind or backwards with the towel and, and cover the father up, being respectful and stuff. Uh, just amazing how it doesn't just mean that our gen what I do is going to pass on to my family, but it does make a di big difference of how I live my life and what my uh, family sees and what my kids sees, my friends' kids and relatives makes a big difference. You know, when I teach the kid, I just the kids on Sunday, just to see them hearing God's word is just a blessing, man, because uh, they're being taught God's word and hopefully they follow that. You know, and it's uh, not lies or anything. But we do have people that don't even believe that there is a God and they teach their kids that or there's many gods or certain gods from their uh, ethnic group or Hispanic or whatever it might be. Uh, his mother was Semiramis. It was said, his mother said, Nimrim was born without a father. Um... And a lot of Babylonian, Babylon, Babylonian empire in the history of it. If, if you get a book on that and check out that stuff, you'll find some of these things here. Um, it says Nimrod was born without a father. You know, right off the top, you see a counterfeit coming about right here. Uh, Satan would always counterfeit God's work. You know, make it seem like, like he became an angel of light, you know. And that she was a virgin, you know, what do you think about when we see that, Mary, you know, and virgin birth and all that. Um, 
you go through Babylonian history and stuff, you find out these things about this. His mother was later to be called the queen of heaven. <laughs> you see? I mean, imagine your thoughts, my thoughts. As soon as I say that, we just can think of different religions off the top, whether it be Catholicism, you know, raising uh, Jesus Christ, same level with uh, Jesus. And there's nothing new. Remember that. Nothing new under the sun. And she was to be worshipped. And a lot of the names was Tammuz, uh, Marduk, Ashtar. Um, and it says, it is said that while Nimrod was hunting, a, a boar turned on him and gored him and supposedly was dead for three days. <laughs> then life returned to him. So from Ashtar, you know, they, they were the gods that they used to have for their mother in there were gods, I'm sure Nimrod would have them to worship. But this one says he got, he got uh, gored by a boar because, you know, he was a hunter of, of animals and all that in those days. And this gore, I guess, got him. But it says in three days, he re his, his, his life returned to him. <laughs> Again, you know, Jesus is the only one that uh, rise from the dead on the third day. You know, but like I said, right off the top, uh, Satan's there to counteract with all this stuff. And that's where you get um, an Ashtar, the goddess of Ashtar. And after this had happened, I guess they would have a celebration for him and all that. And it was interesting, coloring of eggs, you know, coloring of eggs. And I'm like, Easter, man, I used to color eggs, man. You know, it's, these things are just passed on from generation to generation. And, you know, thank God on Easter I have these plastic eggs. They're already one color, but inside it has scriptural stuff, you know. So we use the things that people look to when we point to God, that it's it's all about God, you know. And thank God for those people who come up with those things with the eggs, whether it be for Christmas gifts or uh, things just to point to Jesus. And so they were also worshipers of stars. Uh, as we're going to find out here, they built this uh, tower here. Um, it's amazing how people, they reject God, how, how uh, far off they can get in worshiping other things, you know. It's amazing, man. But uh, we were there, some of us. I know I was there, you know, worshiping myself or whatever it was. Um, it's called the start of the Babylonian religion system, uh, which we can see spread it on and into different ethnic groups. As we know to our time, this date, we see it all over the place, just different forms of it still. Um, and it's a false religion system. Reason being, it's not true to the teaching of scriptures. The scriptures over, overrides what someone thinks God is or who God is or what is God, you know. Scriptures always have to uh, be the plumb line of everything that you hear, see. And um, with that, I just want to encourage you guys, you know, just being his word, you know. Uh, as we see today, even in the church, stuff being taught over the pulpit, it's... Uh, this is crazy, man, you know. Uh, it's scary, actually, you know, to think that uh, they're already in the church. And God will hold them accountable. But you hear of all these lies that people pass out as truth. And uh, people follow it. And like I said, it just takes one man. One man to deceive many. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so we need to be careful. I know we have the Spirit of God. When I first got saved, I already 
when I would hear God's word, it, something to sound different, it was just checking my heart, you know, the spirit of God telling me this wasn't right. And so thank God for his spirit, but also for his word, that we can test all things. We can go to this to find out if those things are so. And, uh, you know, the word is still here. They destroy everything else, but his word is still here. It's just another miracle, right? Um, so we need to step to the scriptures. So Nimrod is the one who's uh, actually orchestrating all this. As we've seen back in verse 9 and 10 of chapter 10. And it says, And let us come, let us come and build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Now, it doesn't mean it was, they were building something to reach to God, to be closer to God. It's just far from it. Um, I didn't, didn't go in detail now. It's just, just a lot of stuff that goes on there, how they built the stuff with the stairs on the outside. And actually, it was get, to get closer to their gods, to worship of stars, you know, because they can't go too far, you know. As soon as they get to the stellar area, that's it. They're done, you know, because you can't even breathe there. So it was, it was to have their, lift their gods above God, just like Satan Want to be above God, you know, and that's where it's coming from. Is behind. Remember, I always tell the kids, you're either child of the devil or you're the child of God. There's no in betweens, you know. It might sound harsh, but that's the way it is, you know. As you see, uh, whether it be the President Obama, the things he says, you know, just looking at the background, you know who his father is, and, and just how deceitful and all that stuff is. Though they don't see it, us, our eyes have been opened. They've been enlightened. We can see these things and. You know, we understand what's going on, you know, and you guys at works, you know, when your coworkers come against you or say stuff about you, it, they're coming against Jesus, period. You know, it's not you yourself. And it's Satan that's working through them. We always got to be remember that walking the spirit. Because these are the two that are at, at fight with one another. So they wanted to make a name for themselves, like so many people do today, whether it be movie stars or, you know, Athletes or whatever, though you have those that are humble and, and don't want to take that credit for it. Um, me and my son actually got to watch this movie Sniper, and uh, it was just amazing. That dude was just, he wasn't all, yeah, I killed this person. You know, he was just a humble dude. That was his job. Some of the things was hard for him to do, but he had to do, you know. But being in a humble state, though he was lifted up in, in people's eyes, is, man, a pretty good soldier guy, you know. Um, so we have to be careful here. And it says, Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Lest we be scattered. So they already knew, just like Eve did, remember? She said, they got truly, when Satan told Eve, they got truly say not to eat of, the, of this tree. Yeah, God said, he did say that, you know. <laughs> Same thing like, like Eve, you know. They knew what God's saying and they want to go against it also. Because right here it just proves that when they say, "Let us, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And uh, there's a pastor teacher who, was, who taught one time was this, people like to be in one group, one area all the time. You know, like I'll be hugged up like uh, rat pack rats. You know, they don't want to separate. They always want to be all huddled up. You know, whether it be in L.A. or whatever. you got so much country, you can move out and live. and But just want to be stuck together. Um it's fine to be together, but if it if it purpose is not for God and, and for God's glory, it doesn't matter. Uh, God's command, they come straight against God's command of, of Genesis 9-1. Uh, 
to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. You know, this was God's plan. He's, he's, he destroyed all the other ones, the wicked ones, and saved Noah and his sons, which were eight and his wives, eight people in all. And God still want to continue the human race, you know, move out, have families and all that. And I just think about the abortions that go on. You know, these are things that are coming against God, you know, allowing children to be born. And it's just amazing whether homosexuality, you know, if it took over the whole world, there would be no kids around. There would be no one they can adopt no more. And I think it's just so sad that they allow them to adopt kids and raise them in the home uh, to be taught that. And, you know, just it's just weird, you know, you mother and, fa and father, not mother and mother or father and father. You know, they don't have those... Uh, People they can look up to as a father or a mother. So they're coming against uh, God's word, which, uh, you know, they always try to get Jesus, or they come against his word, the miracles he did, you know, on the Sabbath. They're always coming against them, you know, trying to discredit uh, Jesus, trying to discredit God's word. And it still goes on today. You know, skeptics try to grab scripture and say that this is wrong. Why does it say this? And oh, here's this, that. You know, they're just blinded to the things of God. They don't understand. If they actually searched in and really cared and dug in, and, and they would find out the truth, and God would give them understanding. So he told them to be uh, fruitful and multiply, which they didn't want to, as we can see here, by just sitting there and building stuff. Verse 5 says, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Now that verse, even though Jesus did come as a man, became a man and, and dwelt among us, here it is speaking of um, God's intervention in man's affairs. It's a way to describe, you know, God intervent, inter, intervening here. Uh, it's amazing how God's just in work. You know, he's on the throne, man. Here he has his book written out and everything in it is going to happen, you know, with Jesus coming to get us and what's going to happen to the world to those who reject Jesus' love. You know, it's all here. It's amazing it, just to see as you go through the Bible, even the times of uh, Herod when he tried to destroy all the children, you know. You see it all throughout the Bible, just trying to stop God's promise. But it doesn't happen. <laughs> Verse 6, it says, And the Lord indeed, oh, and the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Not Now, nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Um, I think about in Acts, you know, there's only certain limits as far as the sea can come. God's made its boundaries, you know, and with the fall of, of human nature, we see it overcoming sometimes and destroying places. But to the most part, God's creation, he's commanded the ocean where to stop at on uh, the same thing with man they can only come so far you know uh, it reminds me of in Acts chapter 17 verse 26 it says and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so see God is in control here you know Men always try to thwart God's word or, or even trying to stop the church from proclaiming his word out there. People are getting killed in other countries. Um, it's amazing. You just look at Israel. 
what's going on over there and just God's protection upon them, man. You know, like, if there's ever a word where they say, can't touch this, this is, can't touch this, you can't touch God, you know. It's, it's just awesome how he's in control and the things that he said is going to come to pass. And no one can thwart that. No one can stop that. Because God created man. Man didn't create God. And he is on the throne. And for us, me and you, no matter what comes against us, remember God, your father is for you, not against you. No matter how harsh you might go through, the pain or whatever, you, you know, you're going to be okay. Um, verse 7, I love this right here. I love it all, but this is pretty cool right here. It says, come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Now we're going to see God's intervention here uh, to confound their language, you know. He's given men the language to speak. Even Moses, I'm not eloquent in speech. And God told him, who's in control of the language? Who's in control of the eyes and the ears? You know, it's God. But here I just wanted to uh, show you guys some verses when it says, let us. Just showing that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. You know, it's just amazing when he says, let us. And uh, so I heard someone say before that he's not talking to the horny toads. <laughs> it's funny, man. But if you look in Genesis 126, Genesis 126. Hold up here. This one, Malik. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. You see there? Another part of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit there in Genesis. Um, I thought it would be awesome to go through these guys. Just. I love it when I when I get to these passages like this. In uh, John chapter 10, verse 30, it says, I and my Father are one. In John 14, verses 6 through 11, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on you know him and have seen him. And Philip says, said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? It's amazing, right? Jesus right there with them, man. It's, it's cool. I don't know. I, I, I get excited about that. <laughs> and uh, another one in uh, John chapter 15, verse 26. It says, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. You see, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's what that us is. Let us. Just amazing how God's always been around, you know. And and when you get into Scripture, man, you get excited because it's just like, man, simple things. But you're like, wow, you know, God became man and dwelt among us, you know. Um, so it shows that they're one. So He says, "Let us go down." 
there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. I think this is pretty cool too. Uh, you know, I work, I have some Vietnamese guys that work in my department. Uh, and when they talk Vietnamese, man, I don't have a clue what they're saying, man. Sometimes I don't know if they're mad. It seems like they're mad, but they're, they tell me, no, we're actually joking. And so I'm like, wow, you guys sound like you're mad, man. You know, and I just felt left out of the conversations, you know. And you just like, you know. And I could pick up on some things because I can see what they're looking at. And, you know, I'll say something and say, oh, how did you know? You know, and just, you know, maybe the Lord, but you can get stuff out like that. But, but to the most part, I don't understand what they're saying. And I'm sure, you know, just confused of language, man. You know, I know some of us probably know more than just English. And that's a blessing. But, you know, imagine you were put in a place and uh, you couldn't understand the people. Man. You know, the same, like, I don't know, man. It's it's, it's, it's just awesome how God did this. So he went down to, to uh, confuse their speech. And it says, So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth. And they ceased building the city. Right? Of course they're going to cease. You know, it's not like, oh, get, get, go get that brick and put it away. Like, you know, they're like, I'm out of here, man, you know. Forget that. What, what do you say? You know, and there was a group of them probably knew certain languages to get the way God worked. I don't know. And so you, you understand me? Okay, let's go get the pack. You know, let's go. Let's take off. You know, and it's just awesome how, you know, God intervenes, you know, in, in here. And they can't work God's work. You know, God comes down and, and does this here. Um, verse 9 says, therefore, his name is called Babel. Because there the Lord confused or confounded the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Man's plans don't work, man, you know. Man's uh, evil heart and desires and evil imaginations, they will not come to pass when they're against God. And you're going to see it throughout the whole Bible. As you go through the passages, you're always going to see them try to come against God and his people and his word, which is actually against God himself. Because there's none good, no, not one, not one of us. It's him who is in us that is good. Um, interesting, in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, oh, thank you, Lord. It's freezing, man. I know you guys handle them over here like, Verses 5 to 12. Let me read through here. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one or each in our own language in which we were born? And it goes on, you know, Parthians, Medes, and all those. We'll pass those up. Egyptians, Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans, Arabs. And it says, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, 
Whatever could this mean? <laughs> Imagine that. You got him here being confused and running away from each other, you know. And then you got later on in Acts, when the Holy Spirit came upon them and they're glorifying the Lord in, in different, in their languages, everybody else, different languages are just tripping, you know. Amazing how God works, you know, just confounding men and blowing them away right there and then. Even still with that, men and women don't come to know Jesus Christ. A lot of them, he can show himself right to them face to face and they won't come to him. The hardness of heart. But, you know, God knows who's are his and who's going to come and make it and who's going to reject them. We don't. Our thing is just to share, get the word out there, live our lives that they might see the light shine through us. You know, I'm settled with whatever decision my brothers make after sharing with them many of times. But I know um, the decision they make is full-heartedly full their decision whether to be in heaven or to be on earth. And I have to settle with that because, uh, you know, it's hard, man, you know, for to see that. And I mean, it was hard for them to see me and all the things I've went through, you know, and how crazy I was. That was crazy, man. But, yeah. And they see me now, you know, and still with that, it is, you know, good for you. <laughs> you know, and it's just hard. But nevertheless, in, and also in Revelations chapter 5. Verses 9 through 10. It says, And they sung a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people, and nation. So even though God spread them all over the place, not one person is not going to go to hell without knowing God's love for them, how much He loves them and cares for them. That is amazing to me. You know, He's going to reach everybody. I don't care where they're at. You know, this Bible, God raises up men to translate into whatever language it might be. Languages, languages we don't even know. You know? And... That's awesome how the word is still here, man. You know, it's amazing that God is protecting his word and they can't mess with it. And then he gives a warning, even revelations, those who add, he will add to them. And those who take it, he will take from them. So we ain't got to worry about all those uh, religions who are adding and taking. God will deal with them if they don't turn, you know. But his word is perfectly 100% true, right on. And I... Just an encouragement for us guys in that, that he is on the throne and we're his children, man. Isn't that awesome to know? Ain't got to worry nothing. Even if you're as dumb as me, God is here for us, man. He makes us, he gives us wisdom. He gives us understanding, ability to do things that people will just stand off so that we can point to him and say it was him that did that. So there you have um, the tower built, men's rebellion against God's word. Nothing new under the sun. They continue to do it now. And men grow wax cold. Worser and worser and worser each day as the time approaches of Jesus coming back to take his children away. We see it. Just look to Israel. Look at our own nation. How just, pff, I don't even know, man. You know, it's just like, I rather grab one of my, my, my wife's students from her school and put him in the president office there. Man, he'd probably do way better. 
But we know that God's on the throne and God allowed this man to be there for a reason. Maybe people will get saved to see this guy. I don't know. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> it's okay. Freedom of speech is still in my heart, though it's maybe not on paper. So now we're going to come into uh, some of the genealogy of Shem. Genealogy is ancestral lineage, which was very important to the Jews. Very important. Um, let me just give you one, uh, one instant here of, of it being very important. In Ezra chapter 2. Ezra chapter 2, verse 61 and 62. It says, And of the sons of the priests, the sons of Habiah, the sons of Koz, or Kaz, and the sons of Barzilla, who took a wife of the daughters of Barzilla, the Gilanite, man, and was called by their name. These sought their listing among those who were registered by genealogy. So see, they had to prove where they came from. They had to show me, show me the papers and show me your lineage that you're a true Levite. And it says they were excluded from the priesthood as defiled. Because they couldn't find their names in there and stuff. So it was very important. You know, even you think about the time of Jesus when the mother of Mary and Joseph's father, stepfather, whatever, had to go and register. It, you know, uh, they have these things out now. You can look for your lineage, put your name on there, and, you know, they can go back. And I don't know how accurate they are, you know. Um, or even uh, my son knows this. One, uh, I got my last name is Ray. So in Disneyland, they have this place you can go and you give them your last name and they'll print you up this nice pretty paper and they'll tell you uh, where your family came from and all that, you know, and I think mine was Scottish from my dad's side. And, and so I don't know how accurate they are, but, you know, they were very important. But I know one thing, that I'm a sinner saved by God's grace. <laughs> That's the genealogy I know, right? <laughs> we're all sinners, man. Um, but it was very important in those days. Uh, it's awesome that we're going through this because we already know that Jesus came in and died and rose again. There's no need for genealogy no more for those things anyways. Uh, you know, the Bible says that in the scripture, you, you search the scriptures, think you have eternal life, but these are they of which to speak of me. It's all about Jesus. This word is about pointing up to heaven, to Jesus, you know. Um, and so that was one of them that, you know, the priest said, if you want to be a priest, you had to prove his lineage. Um if you really want, if you're all interested in the names and stuff, it's just cool. They, they have a meaning and stuff, you know. Uh, there's just a lot. If you go through all of them, man, you'd be amazed what you learn and stuff. Just, you know, just to know is cool. Uh, but if you if you want to get uh, really crazy in the scriptures, you can go to uh, First Chronicles uh, chapter 1 to verse, all the way to chapter 9. You'll get all kinds. Or just, you'll be busy there for days. But, you know, uh, key thing is you know we're, we're, we're to look uh to jesus you know and he give us his word you can check him out and there's nothing wrong with it but you know people get too caught up in genealogy this and genealogy that or you know this and that pinpointing stuff no it's just about jesus you being a sinner and him coming and dying 
and saving us. That's basically what it's about. Um, in Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, You have a genealogy here in the New Testament. I remember I told you it's very important uh, for Jewish people. Um, and I don't have time to get all into this. We're not going to read through all of it, but just showing you some of the scriptures where it shows the New Testament, just to make my point about genealogy. Uh, here you have in Matthew the kingly line. Okay, remember Jesus is the king of kings. And, you know, God... Knows the beginning from the end, just like that rose parade, you know, beginning from end. If you're in the blimp, you can see the beginning from the end. That's how God sees it. He already knows all this, and God puts all these things in, not to, you know, show off or anything, but to try to show, man, this is this is really my son, you know. This is what it's all about, him coming to be born. Um, and so Matthew talks about his kingly line, and Matthew is, is here speaking to Jewish race. Um, if you go to Luke. Luke chapter 3. In the later part of verse 23 where it says, Now Jesus himself began his ministry about 30 years old. You go through all those, you're going to find all these names we're going through there. Um, this was his legal heirship. You know, his legal right to be the heir of the throne, you know. And I only found this out because I was studying it for like two days, man. Just your head gets all, you know, what do I put, Lord? <laughs> but it's just interesting how God is so uh, intricate, I guess, you know, right on point, right on, you know. God is right on. Um, and he put this bec in, in here in Luke, it's to the world, to show the world of his humanity. You know, that he is human, that he was with God and he was born, you know, in a virgin birth. It shows, shows his humanity, which for the whole world to know he became like one of us. But they had to prove this and they can prove it, that he was in the kingly line. As we go through, uh, as you look at Matthew's genealogy here. And also in Luke chapter 3, his legal heirship, his right to that throne, you know. Um, which is amazing. It is said records were destroyed within 40 years after Jesus' crucifixion. So they can't find him no more. Good thing. <laughs> because the Antichrist can't say he was, he's, the, he's the real God, you know. You think back, God's protection upon his word. You know, these, all these documents and genealogies destroyed. Man, you can't find them no more. Um, and again, like I said, when the Antichrist comes in, he would have to prove that he has a legal right too. He, he ain't going to find nothing because he ain't nothing but the devil's servant. And Israel and the Jews will find out in, in the middle of that seven-year tribulation or that three and a half years when he steps in to say that, you know, he's God, you know, and they're going to turn from him. Amazing, right, guys? You just look at Israel. It's going to happen, man. You just... You can see, man, you know, it's like kind of scary. 
that our eyes have been opened, but it's to encourage us that man to tell warn others you need to turn from your sins. God will forgive you. I don't care what you've done, He will forgive you. And so now, genealogies were very important. And you know, it's not that people don't want to read through them. It's a lot of reading, and you can get all confused, and there's just a lot of stuff there. But uh, we'll, we'll skim through it, because I don't want to go too far. Henry said, don't go into chapter 12. So I want to go over there. You know, he's like, I'm like, how did he know? I, didn't, I know where to stop, man. It says, verse 12, he says, stop. <laughs> but... uh. So it comes, it starts off, it says this genealogy of Shem. You guys went through it with Ernie, I think, last week. You went through Ham and, and some of the other ones, Japheth, and even some of the names of Shem here in verses 21 of chapter 10. And it's just how, you know, the Hebrew writings were, you know, just like when creation, God talks about he made this and he's go to this other subject about man and he'll go back, you know, just the way the scriptures read, uh, is written in Hebrews or in the way it's lined out, you know, for no wonder skeptics and all these people that try to disclaim God's word, they don't understand it. They don't understand the culture and, you know, they don't dig into it. They just want to find something to to disprove God, you know, and they ain't going to find nothing in there. They can search all they want. But uh, here, it says, this is the genealogy of Shem, which is the oldest son of Noah, he received blessings, um, and uh, I think it was, I think it was chapter ten or nine. Yeah, and he says in uh, chapter nine, verse twenty-six of Genesis, says he said, "Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan, Canaan be his servant, which Canaan is Ham, right, who was cursed." In verse 27, may God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan, which is Ham, be his servant. And, and so you see the, just the blessing upon Shem. And God is going to continue to work. Just awesome how you see man try to raise his thing to stop God's plans from going. You see God intervening, and then you see God's plans continuing to go. You know, I can't stop to say just about Herod when he tried to destroy, when he heard that there was going to be a king to be born. He's like, what? You know, all nervous, and he wanted to take over his throne. He had all the kids, I think, from three and down killed, you know, trying to stop God's work, but that didn't stop it. Um, so here we're going to see as he gets through this line here. Shem was the ancestor of Abraham. So as the line of Shem begins, it's going to start off with Shem. And then you're going to go into Abraham, which I'm not going to go into. <laughs> Henry will share that. And then into the nation. And then we're going to get into Christ, Jesus, right? And so you see this all getting played out. It's just exciting that, you know, we get to have the whole Bible and, and see it all played out here. Not only being encouraged that God is on the throne, but he is on the throne and he wants to be on the throne of everything that you do in your life. He has a plan for your life, a hope in a future. You're not just here to take up chairs. You're not here just to uh, live for yourself. God wants to work through each one of us, just like he wanted to work through Shem, Noah, whoever it might be. 
You know, God wants to use you, use me. So it goes Shem, right? So the, the genealogy of Shem. Shem was 100 years old and begot artifacts two years after the flood. After he begot artifacts, Shem lived 500 years and begot sons and daughters. Orphex lived 35 years and begot Selah. Selah. No, <laughs> Selah. <laughs> it's a joke. In verse 13, some of you got it. <laughs> bad boy, bad boys. Verse 13, after he begot Selah, Orphex lived 403 years and begot sons and daughters. Verse 14, Selah lived 30 years and begot Eber. Um, one thing is man. There's a lot of birthday parties. You know that, guys? <laughs> There's a lot of birthday parties. You know, and God uh, told them, if you eat of the tree, surely you're going to die. We know that they started to die spiritually off the top. God removed himself from them. And then secondly, their bodies, they started to deteriorate. The ages go down, you know. I think, uh, don't be scared, guys, but I think we men get to about maybe 75, 70, I don't know. And uh, it's funny because the government raised the retirement thing even a little higher, right? Hey, what's up with that? You know, you work all your life for these companies and they don't want to give you retirement money, I guess. And if you do make it, you're one of the fortunate ones. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even going to make it. You know, I just enjoy what I have now, whatever. Ah, but I don't know. I don't want to be presumptuous. I might live to 100. You might live to 120. Who knows? But uh, it's amazing. An evil heart of men, huh? Okay, and here at Eber, it says, I'll live. 30 years and begot Eber. Eber was a grandson of Shem. And he was called to be the progenitor of the Hebrews, which is actually kind of the start of the Hebrew kind of nation, I guess you could say. They kind of believed that it was with Eber. Um, you know, just you can dig in and find out for yourself to be settled in your heart, you know, whether it was or not. It don't matter, you know. And it says, Selah lived 403 years and begot sons and daughters. So you see, the, the race is continuing. What God's plan from the beginning was to, to, to uh, fill the earth, you know, to have children, you know, subdue it, man, you know. Verse 16, Eber lived 34 years and begot Peleg. 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 I don't Peleg. Um, Peleg here, I'm going to stop there. It's interesting, his name. Uh, means division. And a lot of people believe also that at this time is where this occurrence of uh, causing division started with here in Peleg because of his name, I guess, division, which would make sense. And again, you know, it's no big thing, you know. Jesus is our Lord. He's in our hearts. So. And then we move on to verse 17. After he begot Peleg, Abraham lived 430 years and begot sons and daughters. Begrig lived 30 years and begot Ru. Verse 19, he saw, oh, after he begot Ru, Peleg lived 209 years. Man, he would have got retirement twice. <laughs> and begot sons and daughters. Verse 20, Ru lived 32 years and begot Sarug. 
And you know they had a different language. You can't pronounce it, right? It was hard to pronounce. Verse 21, after he begot Sarug, Ru lived 207 years and begot sons and daughters. Verse 22, Sarug lived 30 years and begot Nahar. Now, I want to stop there a little bit just to point out um, you're going to hear this twice. Don't worry. There's two of them. Okay? We're gonna, I'm going to get to that right now. So, Sarug lived 30 years and begot Nahar. After he begot Nahar, Sarug lived 200 years and begot sons and daughters. Verse 24, Nahar lived 29 years and begot Terah. Now, Terah is the father of Abraham, Nahar, and Haran, which Terah later in Joshua chapter 24, verse 2, becomes an idolater, you know. Uh, it's amazing, man, just which routes people can take, families can take, you know. Um, that's why I don't believe when a lot of people say one save your whole family saving, all that kind of stuff, you know. It's hard to believe because here you just see people turning. So I'm not wanting to, like my brothers right now, you know. Verse 25, and he begot Terah, Nahar lived 119 years and begot sons and daughters. Verse 26, now Terah lived 70 years and begot Abraham, Nahar, and Haran. Here's the other Nahar, okay? Don't get confused. That first Nahar is the grandfather of them, okay? And then it says here, now Terah lived 70 years and begot Abraham, Nahar, okay? And Nahar, you can, uh, there's other places in the, in the Bible. I didn't write it down. I thought I did. But you'll, f you'll find this Nahar uh, Abraham's brother, you know, continue on in other scriptures and chronicles and stuff. Um, so don't don't let no one deceive you or try to trick you. Oh, look at the backwards. It's name here, name here. It's like me, you know. I have my name's Frank Bruno Ray. Uh, my father's dad's name was Frank. My mother's father's name was Bruno, and so I inherited both of their names. So it's kind of like that, you know, you know. If they would say, Frank, oh, I thought Frank was over there in Arkansas or something. And Bruno's in Texas. No, this is Frank Ray, you know. Frank Bruno Ray, the son. <laughs> so, you know, maybe he had a good character and they wanted to name uh, his son after after Nahar, you know, the grandfather. You know, you see a lot of people doing that nowadays. I have a niece or my granddaughter. Her name is Abigail, you know, praise, you know. You, you pick good characters, you know, and and... and you know, maybe he had a good character, you know. Because how many of you would you like to be called Jesus? Raise your hand here. <laughs> right? Like, because we know of his character and, and how honorable and perfect he is, you know. Yet, you know, people do name names after people. And some get weird, you know. There's some weird names that go on out there now. But nevertheless, um, now and it moves on uh, in verse 27. This is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abraham, Nahar, and Haran. Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father. Sad, right? Dying. See that uh, the children sometimes die before the parents. Man, it's hard for parents. But you know what? Jesus knows. He knows every, every hurting part of us. Whenever we're in pain, whenever we're happy, Jesus knows. And people out there need to know that Jesus knows their pain and suffering. They don't have to hide behind things. 
He, want, he wants him to just let it out. So then it says, Terah in his native land, in Ur of Chaldeans. Verse 29, then Abraham and Nahar took wives. Took wives, right? And took husbands, they took wives. I always make that point because I want to make that point. That's how the world keeps going, keeps spinning. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarah. But you guys read the story. And, you know, when I say that, you guys get the picture. And the name of Nahar's wife is Milka. Milka, I guess, Milka. Uh, this is kind of crazy, but, you know, it was really close generation genealogy back in those days. Uh, his wife was actually his niece. You know, I mean, nowadays they don't do that. No, 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 you know, but. Back then, it's just close, and people are going to try to use it. Oh, look it, that's perverted, you know, and, man, they don't know nothing, okay? I mean, nowadays, you you want to do that, you know, but that's too close bloodline. But nevertheless, it was his niece that he married, the daughter of Heron, the father of Milka, and the father of Aika. Verse 30, but Sarah was barren. She had no children, and Terah took his son, Abraham, and his grandson, Lot. Remember, Abraham kind of adapted uh, his grandson Lot because the father had died. And we know a lot about Lot, about Sodom and Gomorrah and all that. The son of Haran and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, his sons, Abraham's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. And one interesting thing I wanted to point out, though I believe, you know, maybe this adultery stuff, when this title, uh, tower was built, there's a lot of followers of that junk, you know, and it was some crazy stuff that was going on in religion back in those days, even even now, you know, terrible stuff. It reminds me of the time that we're in, you know, just because that stuff goes on doesn't mean we're involved in it, you know. Jesus has separated us from the world, you know, we're not part of what the world is trying to do. You, if you get my point, uh, God has put us here as lights in this world to shine in this dark place. You know, and it just, I just think about, you have, I believe you had those people who are not worshiping that stuff that they had going on there in that religions and that tower. Uh, just like uh, Nebuchadnezzar's day, which is the, probably in the same area, right? Daniel and his friends. You know, we're not going to bow down to no golden image, my friend. You know, you can kill us, whatever. God save us. If not, praise be God still. And so we can see in our times, even though this pervert stuff that goes on around here and the government and all that junk, doesn't mean that we're involved in it, you know. We're separated from that. We see it going on just as they've seen it going on. Doesn't mean that we're involved in it. And I thought I would point that out. Um, in verse 32, so the days of terror were 200 in five years, and Terah died in Haran. So, um, it's going to continue to go on. Just, just if, if you get one thing, just looking at this and seeing that no one can thwart God's plans. You know, not the psychic that can tell you your future, which is not your future. Only God knows, right? Um, just people's attempts, men's attempts, whether it be killing people who are Christians in other countries to stop the word from getting out. Uh, 
whether it comes to us, who knows how it's going to come to us, but I think we're going to get hit ourselves because we've had it, you know, pretty smooth, you know. Um, maybe we can't handle that hit. I don't know. God knows. But things are going to get crazy. Uh, and like I said, it's nothing new under the sun here. You know, it's continued on, and you see from this point here in that Babylon and a lot of the religions grab stuff from out of there. That's what religions are. You know, man-made, they grab a little bit here, grab a little bit there, and make up their own little religion and, and get a bunch of people to follow them and take their money and deceive them and, and, and send them off to hell, you know. I wouldn't want to be in the position of those people, even uh, those who say they're pastor teachers and they're Christians teaching things that are not contrary uh, that are contrary to God's word we need to be careful you know um, it, it's it, he's coming man and the bible says people are going to wax colder and colder and get worse and worse you know i don't know how worse going to get for us but um so there you have it man trying to come against god with their own plans seeing god's intervention uh, his plan's going to still continue. And next Tuesday, you know, you can continue to see God's work uh, still proceeding, you know. Can't stop can't stop him. Um, and with that said, guys, I want to finish off with uh, Hebrews chapter 8. And I know it's, I believe it has some key to the story, and I'm going to point it out why I wanted to share this. You know, in this, this tower was erected and all that, but Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1 to 2. Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest. Now, remember, it's talking about Jesus becoming that high priest in those days. Um, you know, how they had to come to the priest and, you know, some places you got to say your sins to them and, you know, and, and the, God used that priest at some time to intervene for the people. But we know in Jesus coming and being that high priest is what it's talking about. But it says, who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Remember, these people, they try to build their thing up to the heavens, you know, to, to come against God and build their idols. Jesus Christ has gone all the way to the third heaven. You know, you got your first where the birds are at, third, the second where the stellar, the stars are at, and the third where Jesus is at, and God is at, and his home is at, and where we'll be at one day. Jesus passed through all of that stuff, you know. Um, he was a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord erected and not man. And that's the point I wanted to hit on, which the Lord erected and not man. You know, this was God's doing, raising his son, Jesus Christ, who passed all these false gods, who did what he said he was going to do, and not false claims like a lot of these religions. And so with that, um, we just continue looking for his coming, making sure our house is in order, our lives are in order as best possible. You trip, you fall, you jump on the cement yourself and get up, you know. He wants to forgive you. He wants to restore you and, and, and to keep on going. God never wants to keep someone down. The devil will keep you down. You will keep yourself down because of sin. 
And unless you believe in what Jesus has said, that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all filthiness and unrighteousness, you will end up staying down. Uh, I was talking about the picture of, of boxers. Not that I was a boxer. I didn't like fighting or any of that. But, you know, if you stay down, man, you're going to get eaten up, you know. And the devil will eat you up. And so, you know, we got to keep going, guys, and, and don't give up. Stand track, be in his word, you know, test all things. I'm sure our pastor wants you to check them out too. Just don't sit there and just say, you know, most of the people just letting you feed and you're not checking it, you know. Because each one of us are be accountable for our own lives and what we believe in, you know. And, and thank God that we have a church here building and a body of believers who, who still trust in God's word. And may we continue to trust in God's word. Um. And encourage one another if we go in astray. Hey, come here. Get back over here. You know. Um, and so there you have it. Let's pray. <laughs> Dear Father, come before you, Lord. And uh, Lord, just you're amazing, Lord. Uh, you're amazing in the New Testament. You're amazing in the Old Testament, Lord. Uh, just you at work, Lord. No one can stop your plans, your purposes, your promises, Father. When you say something, we can count it as sure. It's a done deal thing, Father. And I just thank you for your word and to be able to share with the men and just insights of your word and just seeing, Lord, the world as it is today. And Tower of Babels that are around here, Lord, that men have raised up in order to continue to try to raise up, to lead people after themselves, Lord. Help us, Lord, to live our lives according to your word. Pray for those who, sh who are out there sharing your gospel in other countries, Lord, that you protect them. Lord, we want to lift up Tony and the crew that are out there right now, Lord, in Philippines, Lord. That, Father, they would be one mind, one accord. Father, you would use them for your purpose. For you're sending them out there. You know why you sent them, Lord. Please guide them to those people and the things you have them to reach out to and help people, Lord. And to proclaim Jesus as Lord and, and, and to just be there for the people as you were, Lord. And you still are, Lord. Let's pray you help us to continue to stay on track here. In Pasadena, Lord, though there, we are many, Lord, throughout the world, I thank you for this body here, Lord. Pray you bless them, Lord. Encourage them, encourage the wives, encourage the marriages, encourage their, their children, Lord. Be excited about you coming back for us, Lord. To be with you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.